to the Suds in the Squared Circle podcast. My name is Vinny Apicella, and you are here listening to us or wherever you find your favorite podcast. I want to thank you for I want to thank you for listening to one. I want to thank you for downloading. I want to thank everybody who is here with me and listening to me today. Today is Monday, the 19th of December 2022. We're a week just a little over 2 weeks away from 2023. And uh, we are less than a week away from the big fat man coming down the chimney and bringing all the good little girls and boys their Christmas gifts. Yes, I'm talking about Santa Claus. Uh, anyways, you are listening to the Sons of the Square Circle podcast. As always, I do want to let you know, follow me on Twitter at SWE, which actually I might change that to Suds going forward. But uh, you can also follow the show on Twitter at SudsSQCirclePod. On TikTok, at suds underscore squared underscore circle. Follow on Instagram, at suds and squared circle. Then you can email me, Vinny, at Vinny, V-I-N-N-I-E, at suds and squared circle.com. Visit the website, www.sudsandsquaredcircle.com. Buy our merch at suds square circle.threadless.com. And I'm also on Buy Me a Coffee. So if you want to help sponsor the show, you can go to Buy Me a Coffee and look for uh, Suds in the Squared Circle because... Uh, I mean, not that I really drink coffee that much, but it still helps to, to uh, sponsor the show. But either way, today we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a really lot to talk about in the world of WWE, but also in Port Charles. There's a lot of, a lot of comings and goings, a lot of things. They're shaking things up again in not only the WWE, but also in General Hospital land. Um, a lot of big names are no longer with their respective uh, companies. I should say, and it's amazing to me the fact that uh, some of these have happened. Now, I want to start off with, uh, first off, I want to start off and give a great shout out to uh, Ring the Bell Radio as well as Pier 54. Um, they did their crossover episode last week um, with wrestling and soap operas, uh, and it was a great show. Um, they had uh, the Ring the Bell Radio guys. They had the, had the girls watch the WrestleMania 17 spectacular match between The Rock and Hollywood Hogan, uh, and then uh, kind of go for it and analyze it. And then Pier 54 had the guys from Ring the Bell Radio watch a couple of uh, fight scenes uh, from General Hospital, and you know, kind of looked at the uh, how things are similar, how things are different. But overall, it comes back to the same thing. It's all about storytelling. Um, and the fight that... Uh, I know one of the fights that they saw uh, from General Hospital was the one between Kate Howard and Carly. Um, I actually think it was when Kate was Connie. 
Um, but either way, it was a fantastic uh, episode. I highly recommend you watch it. It came out last Thursday. On both, actually, it came out on both of the, both feeds, uh, Ring the Bell Radio and Pier 54. Uh, so definitely t- check that out. Uh, hopefully next time maybe we could do uh, a little bit of a collaboration. But I've got a couple of collaborations in the, in the works as well with other uh, podcasts. And I do want to say that I am working on my first interview with uh, somebody who uh, is on General Hospital. Uh, so that's um, coming down the pipeline very, very soon. And no, unfortunately, it's not Steve Burton. Um, but we'll see, you'll, you'll find out in the coming weeks. Anyways, I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, and first off, I do want to say that there have been two losses. Well, yeah, two losses in General Hospital. One they have actually shown on screen, and one hasn't shown on been shown on screen yet. But it's uh, the news has already broken. Uh, first off, um, Rory has been the latest victim of the Port Charles hooker. Um, I believe his name is Michael. Is it Michael Blake Cruz? Um, I uh, want to just double check that because I want to get his name right. <laughs> um, because of the uh, because I want to make sure that I get his name right. But uh, Michael Blake Cruz is uh, who played Rory. He did have a uh, he did have a part in the latest Black Panther movie, Wakanda Forever. And, uh, you know, things are going to get better for him. But, you know, it's it's kind of sad. Because the fact of the matter is, is that this whole Sprina um, movement, you know, Spencer and Trina, and I hate the uh, mashup of names. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but the whole movement of trying to get uh, Spencer and Trina together caused Rory to be killed. I mean, the murder's on them. It's not on the poor Charles Hooker. It's on them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just to kind of play it safe, it's, um, you know, I'm sure he's got bigger and better things going on. And it was actually a, uh, you know, it was actually, he was thankful uh, when when he, he, he did put out a uh, statement, which I'm trying to find now. Um, which, of course, because I'm trying to find it now, I can't. But uh, let's see. I know that the ladies at Pier 54... Um, did, um, uh, they went ahead and reposted it. So I'm gonna, there we go, here we go. Uh, yes, Michael Blake Cruz, I was right. Um, and this is what he said on his uh, Instagram and actually Twitter as well. Um, at Michael Blake Cruz with a K, K R U S E. Many thanks to everyone who has sent me supportive messages in light of Rory Cabrera leaving the General Hospital canvas. I enjoyed playing the character and valued his essence. Yes, he was unsophisticated and naive, but at least he was genuine. In particular with Trina, he was always sincere and had her best interests at heart. That has to count for something, Sprina fans. Um, Rory was a mediocre cop at best, but poor Charles isn't the easiest town to police. He was also equipped with a holster from the 70s, no radio, and no bulletproof vest. Above all, I had the pleasure of working with some incredible people and have a newfound respect for everyone involved with Daytime TV. It's easy to critique, but not easy to create. All my love and appreciation to the fans who were supportive along the way. And um, actually very, uh, very worthwhile. And um, he, showed, he showed a lot of humility there because he could have been, uh, 
could have been bitter, I should say, because I know a lot of people could have been bitter at that point in time if they knew they weren't the end game. But he obviously uh, was not the end game, and he's moving on to bigger and better things. So nothing but uh, respect for Michael Blake Cruz, and um, you know we wish you well in your future endeavors. The other news to come down the Port Charles uh, pipeline, which no, I'm not stealing that. It's just a saying that I always had. Uh, coming down the Port Charles uh, freeway is that Marcus Coloma is no longer going to be part of General Hospital. Uh, he has been released from his contract as the role of Nicholas Cassadine. Uh, and the, from all reports that I've heard, uh, he actually refused to film his final scenes. So here's, here's my thoughts on that. And I want, I'm going to kind of bring this up, and I want those of you who are wrestling fans or were wrestling fans in the late 90s, this is why the Montreal Screwjob happened in, Mon in 97 at the Survivor Series. Bret Hart was released from his contract, right? You know, he, Vince McMahon released him from the 20-year the contract. They, they allowed Bret to sign with WCW. And the th here's, here's the similarities, okay? Bret Hart was not willing to work with Shawn Michaels and put the title on Shawn Michaels. He didn't want to lose in Canada. He didn't want to do business for the company that made him. Marcus Coloma has refused to, from what I've heard, has refused to do business on the way out and film his final scenes, whether it's him leaving town, whether it's for him, you know, just going away for a long time and being recast or being killed off. I don't think he'll be killed off. He's a legacy character, but then again, you know, they've killed legacy characters before or going to a coma or whatever the case was. I don't know. It's still six weeks away, right? Um, but see, that just shows the, a kind of selfishness. Like, I get it. Whenever you lose a job, you're bitter. You're upset. You, you don't want to necessarily do anything. But it started last week when he unfollowed all but Maurice Bernard of his General Hospital castmates on Twitter and Instagram and uh, all the other social media platforms, as well as he took any kind of, um, any kind of acknowledgement out of uh, his profile about GH. So, there was something fishy going on, and the news comes out today that he was released from his contract. And we don't know why. We don't know whether it was for a specific reason or not, or, you know, maybe they just wanted to recast. Maybe it was just the fans. Maybe there was no... Because there, there was always chemistry between him and and, uh, and Ava. Um, because, you know, and, and everybody, from what I knew, liked him. And um, even the, the girls from Prayer 54, when they interviewed him on, on their show, was like, you know, he was well-liked. but And he was a fan. Like, he studied up on General Hospital. So, I mean, you can't say that, you know, no actors are fans or fans or, or the actors can't be fans. or I mean, you have to know the history, and he did at best. Um, but, unfortunately, he was released. Now, there, are, there have been other rumors going around that... Tyler Christopher may be coming back as Nicholas Cassadine. I I don't know. Like I liked him as Nicholas, you know, ten years ago or whenever it was that he was in, you know, General Hospital. But he's had so many medical problems. I mean, I, mean, I believe he had a stroke not too long ago, and uh, maybe one or two. You know, I know I know he had his problems with substance abuse, and I'm not knocking him for that because a lot of actors and, and people do. Uh, I'm glad that he's clean now. I'm glad that he's healthy. 
my thought process and my worry is that maybe he just can't um, be up to the caliber of daytime television. You know, when you have, you know, so many pages of, of dialogue to memorize in a day, you know, I think something like 90 pages in a day, uh, and you're filming every day for like three or four weeks straight, it's a lot, you know, and it's like, that's why I've never done it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just worry that maybe his mind isn't there. I, I, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I, I do feel like that might be a concern for all the people that are really pushing for Tyler Christopher. Maybe, maybe they're not re recasting at all right now. Maybe they're just having him go away for a while and go to Cassidine Island. I don't know, but it, for right now, they're going to do something with him off screen because if he refused to film his final, you know, his final scenes on the show, that's just bullshit. Like, that, that's just bitterness and crybaby and, you know, I don't know what would, you know, and obviously there can't be a screw job, right? There can't be, you know, oh, well, we're sending him away and, you know, we're, we're taking his title off him, right? We're, I mean, you know, the, the equivalent to that would be to kill his character. The difference being that if you kill Nicholas Cassadine off screen, which he's come back from the dead before, everybody thought he was killed before, um, but uh, what do you, where do you go from there, right? How long do you have to wait till you recast him? And how long do you have to wait until you bring somebody else into the role? So, you know, and with uh, Esme currently, he's, he's on a front burner storyline. Like, this is the exact equivalent to, you know, Bret Hart in 97. Bret Hart was the WWE champion in 97 going into Survivor Series against the Heartbreak Kid. And then he he refused to do business. He refused to do the job, to, to push Sean over, which is why they came up and, and they did the Montreal screw job because Bret Hart was not willing to do it. So when Vince McMahon comes out and says, Bret screwed Bret, it's the truth. Um, Bret did screw Bret. Uh, and I firmly believe it. And I've never been a Bret Hart fan because, he, you know, I always thought that Bret Hart was overrated. Um, I, I never was, I, you know, yeah, I would cheer him as a, as a baby face, but I never really liked Bret Hart. I was always a Shawn Michaels guy. And even before that, I was a Hulk Hogan guy. And I think what really turned me off to Bret is that uh, Bret thought he was in Hulk Hogan's league. He thought he was as big a star as Hulk Hogan. Never in a million years. Like, he went, you know, he wanted to be a champion like Hogan. He wasn't. He didn't have Hogan's charisma. He couldn't cut a promo like Hogan. He couldn't pose like Hogan, you know? Hogan must pose. Um, so, you know, Shawn Michaels had that charisma. Um, even hell, Lex Luger had the charisma, too. You know, so, you know, he may not have been genuine as a, as a you know, babyface, not wanting to really live on the Lex Express, and, you know, he wanted to stay in a, you know, really good hot hotel during those nights, but ultimately, uh, you know, I went from Hogan to Luger to Michaels, you know, and, and Brett was left out to dry, in my opinion. I never liked him, and he always thought way too much of himself. But I digress. I got off on a tangent there. Um, going back to Port Charles, um, this whole thing with uh, Esme being pregnant, and now she's, you know, getting close to her, you know, second, almost to the end of her tri uh, pregnancy, right? Um, maybe in her second trimester it could have been. Um, but now there was another hook killing, like we said, about Rory. And... Uh, 
you know, the, the, the thing that I'm wondering is, there's a couple of things that they pointed out. First off, the, the, the audience knows, right? When he got the file for the, the poor Charles Hooker, and Rory snapped a picture of, of something. It might have been the address, right? Of, of something. Whether they thought that the person was there, they had a lead. Either way, they went ahead and um, he went ahead and, and pursued on his own. Um, Dante followed him, but he went ahead on his own. And so he, he went ahead, he, he, the door was open already. Um, now, I wonder, my, my thought process is maybe Rory was the hooker. Maybe Rory is the hooker, right? And things just got away, and then his, um, he'll go ahead and be, uh, he'll go ahead and be given, you know, his, 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 uh, you know, uh, I hate to say his flowers, but his, you know, um, ceremony as a cop, the burial and everything, but then it'll come out that he was a hooker, right? Because, like, there was a guy that was already dead that was on the floor. Was he hooked? Was he shot? Because I know Rory did shoot somebody. Did he shoot the hooker? Um, also, when Rory got to the hospital and they took off his personal effects, there was an earring, a hoop earring in his pocket. Now, that could have been the dingle dangles, right? The jingle jangles that, that uh, uh, Diane heard when she was getting hooked. But ultimately, I don't know if if they're going to end up going somewhere else with it. Um, now, there is a picture floating around social media, on Twitter especially, that Curtis's bartender, Nika, wears the same kind of hoop earrings. And they've been saying from, you know, from the time Diane got hooked, is that uh, it was a, it is a female, right? Of course, a hooker being a female. No, I'm, I'm joking, of course. But no, that the hook killer is a female. So that just lends to the, um, the theory that, it, you know, it could be Nika. It's somebody who's not in a major storyline. She's shown over so often. You know, like, remember when, when Ronnie DeMessico was the, um, the prostitute killer? And, you know, he, <laughs> basically, another prostitute storyline, um, you know, a hooker storyline. Um, but he was, you know, he was a, a detective for the PCPD, but he wasn't one of those guys that was always there. Um, he basically was in the background. He was Dante's partner, but he was never the lead detective. So ultimately, you know, he snapped. He grabbed, I think he grabbed Lulu or Lulu or Sam, I'm not mis if I'm not mistaken. And Dante, actually, this is when Michael Easton first came aboard and as John McBain from One Life to Live. And that was a fantastic storyline because I remember, yeah, I think it was Sam. Because I remember Dante mentioning something, hey, you know, let me call Jason and for back him. But Jason's a mobster, or Jason's a hitman. Why are you going to call a hitman? Hitman, hitmen don't work with the cops, right? Because Dante and Jason had worked together before. You know, Dante obviously being Sonny's son, and Jason being Sonny's right hand man, and and a I don't I always say an honorable hitman. Um, you know, even though he was a law, a lawbreaker, he was still honorable. So. Um, he would help out the PCP when necessary. So McBain said, why call a hitman? We got this. And that was a really great scene. Um, that was a really good fight scene. Uh, but, yeah, so it kind of reminds me of that because he was always in the background. So fast forward now, 
if Nika is the Port Charles killer, then, hey, you know, that'd be great for her to get her in the spotlight, although that would kind of end her run as a, even as a recurring character. Um, but, you know, it remains to be, remains to be seen. Um, more shenanigans with uh, Heather and um, Ryan this week. And it did come out for sure that Esme is, um, you know, is their daughter together. We knew she was Ryan's, but she didn't know, we didn't know the mother until just now. And Heather is perfect for it. Like, everybody thought, oh, it's going to be Felicia. Well, it's it's not, thank God. Um, and could you imagine? Like And like I said last week, the, 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 the genes of Heather Weber and uh, Ryan Chamberlain concentration of evil in Esme. Now, granted, Esme wasn't raised by either one of her parents. Heather made sure that she was taken care of and got a nanny and got the family and, and everything, so um, they adopted out and sent out so that she didn't have to know her father at all. And then she finds out that Ryan Chamberlain is her father and comes to Port Charles seeking him out and then um, amazingly... It, it, she was the only one that knew of his plan to fake the locked-in syndrome. So, you know, it remains to be seen when, how that's going to happen. Now, are Ryan and Heather going to break out of Spring Ridge to, you know, go on the run to look for Esme, not knowing that she's right in Port Charles, locked in a tower in Windermere? Um, or, or, or what are they going to do? Um, obviously, everybody except for Esme and Ryan know that, think that he's still locked in. You know, uh, his brother Kevin thinks he's locked in. All the people at Spring Ridge, Ava, um, you know, the police, they all think he's locked in. So it, there's going to come a time where he's going to snap, whether it's with Ava, whether it's somebody who's going to bring up Esme, and he's going to snap, and he's going to come out and show that he's not as locked in as people think it is, and it's going on about a good six months to a yeah, about about six months to a year now, that we as the audience have known that he's not locked in. So I'm just happy that I, I want to see. That. I'm intrigued by the story. I'm intrigued by seeing uh, Heather and Ryan and what kind of guard, what kind of rule breaking, right? This has the equivalent. Oh man. Rated RKO. There we go. Perfect. Edge and Randy Orton coming together to fight off against fight against DX. Just perfect. Two of the worst heels at the time. Now Randy Orton's always been a great heel. Edge has always been a great heel, right? Both cerebral. Ryan Ryan has always been cerebral. Maybe Heather's the crazy one, but Ryan has always been cerebral. And these two coming together. It's the General Hospital Port Charles version of Rated RKO. Holy crap. That's awesome. Um, but anyways, um, I'm, I'm interested in the storyline. You know, um, now I do want to ask, and this is a question that I might do as a poll on Spotify. Because um, I can only put polls on Spotify, but I may put it on Twitter as well. For, for those of you who have exes, right... Ex, whether it's an ex-husband, an ex-wife, an ex-girlfriend, would you invite your ex to your wedding? That's what Kurt. Now, now there's a different. Now there are 
now here here's where I have to kind of put it through. Now, my in my wedding last year, uh, or this earlier this year, one of my exes was actually my best woman um, because she's my best friend. Difference is we haven't dated in years. Um, we actually realized we're better friends than you know partners. So yeah, I guess you could say that yes, it is possible. But in Curtis and and Jordan's situation. They just got divorced. Like their their divorce was just finalized, regardless of whether, you know, they were separated for a while and she had her kidney problem for a while, right? For however long it was, a year, year and a half. Um, they actually just got divorced. You know, so what's it in now I know they said, Oh, we'll always be friends and TJ's always gonna be family and all this kind of stuff. I get that and, and I can understand that, but do you think that maybe it's a little too soon? And the, the wounds may be a little too fresh to invite her to your wedding, especially when it's coming up on Valentine's Day. Now, granted, the storyline there is that Jordan knows that Portia is questioning whether Curtis is Trina's father or not. Is it, is it Curtis or is it Taggart? Now, Trina, being close to 20 years old, has always thought that Taggart's her father. And, you know, then come to find out, Curtis and... Portia cheated on their significant others back in the day, and lo and behold, Trina's born, and she doesn't know. She, she's like, there's a possibility, and that's why she was so worried about about Curtis possibly having, you know, schizophrenia from Marshall, and then Marshall saying, oh, well, maybe I don't have it after all, and, you know, now he's going to get tested, and so it, it, that's a long, uh, again, a long story arc, um, and that's how it's going to come down during the wedding whenever there's a soap opera wedding like there's always going to be whenever there's a soap opera wedding whenever there's a wedding on monday night raw or friday night smackdown there's going to be some drama attached you damn well know it's going to be so when Court curtis and portia get married in february i highly think and i i think what the, the direction they're going jordan's going to come out and say hey do you realize that portia's been lying to you because Trina may be your daughter, you know, and again, it's a 20, 20 year old wound, but I don't, I don't know. I question why, like, obviously Curtis is the kind of person that doesn't like to be lied to. And that's what broke up the marriage that Jordan had with Curtis. So I don't know. It's a possibility that Curtis may be like, Hey, you've been lying to me all these years and that'll be it. You know? Um, but then again, you look at it this way. Trina's 20 years old, or close to it. Why would, you know, her paternity come up now? Like, what's it going to do? She's got, a, she's got a relationship with one, you know, with Curtis now, as it is, you know, and, and her her real, you know, Taggart's been her father all these years, and they have such a close bond. What's that really going to change at this point in time? I can understand if it's a newborn, I can understand it's a young kid, but I don't know, as a 20-year-old, would you want to know if you're parents you know if one of your parents wasn't your parent right i i don't know that's a, that's a hard one especially if both of the people are in your life i can understand if like you're adopted and again i think 20 is too old to find out that you were adopted but i digress um so what else has been going on in port charles um so jocelyn okay so jocelyn dex so here's where Joss is a chip off the old block. We all see Carly 
and her infatuation infatuation for Jason and how they're they were always been best friends and they got married because Sonny was in Nixon Falls and they thought he was dead and you know they've always been in love with each other and always there for each other right because Carly always liked the bad boys she was with Johnny for a, I think she was uh, with Johnny for a while then she was with Jax for years then she went to Franco, and then, you know, and then back to Sonny. How many times was she with Sonny? Um, she likes the bad... Now she with Drew, and Drew might be a little too goody-goody for him, for her, which is why she's already lying to him about about uh, uh, Will, Nina being Willow's mother. But that's another story. And then she pays off the person that supposedly knew about Harmony... At the, you know, the, the hippie colony, for lack of a better term, um, the cult colony, you know, and she paid her off to, to lie and say, hey, yeah, you know, the Willow's mother um, died in a car accident, or, or both her parents, right? Um, she's going at great lengths to hide this, right? She's going to great lengths to hide this secret. And... You know what? We 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 know it's all going to come out in the end, we, and that might be what leads Carly and Drew apart. But back to Jocelyn, right? Dex is Jocelyn's Jason, and uh, you know, Joss is to Dex what um, Carly was to Jason, and, and that, that's what it is. Jocelyn is in a relationship with Cam. But she's feeling very, very attracted to the bad boy in Dex. She knows that Dex works for Sonny. She doesn't realize that Dex is a mole for Michael. Um, but she knows that, you know, and she's been there to help him out. And, you know, she helped nurse him back to health after the gunshot wound. And, you know, she she's kissed him a couple times and she's happy to be around him. But she's dating Cam and Cam is such a good kid. Right, he's working three jobs to help his mother with the, with her, you know, with his two brothers while she's, you know, working and, and everything. Like, and going to college at PCU. So, you know, he's too good for her, for lack of a better term, and she doesn't like it. Like, Jocelyn is, and, and Carly to, a, to, a, to an extent, all right, um, Jocelyn is very entitled, right? She doesn't have to work, <laughs> right? Like... She comes from a completely different lifestyle than Cam. Cam has to work to support his family, right? Um, hell, especially with the Bidenomics that are going on now and, and inflation being through the roof. Yeah, uh, a lot of people, even my 17-year-old son, has is, is got you know really late hours at a job because he needs money. So it sucks, but it's true. Um, and, you know, Cam is the manager at Kelly's and... You know, he's also doing other stuff on the side and going to college. So, he's really responsible. I'm not saying that Dex isn't, but Dex is also in the line of fire. Because he is a, he's going to become the next Jason, in my opinion. Um, so, we shall see where that goes. But, Joss is just a chip off the old block. <laughs> and that's all I'll say about that. Um... Spencer and Trina, you know, all roads lead to that, right? Um, Rory comes out this week at Port Charles Grill telling Trina that he loves her, and she couldn't respond. 
but spent but he got a call and Spencer came over and said said hi and talked and said hey I heard what he said and I'm happy for you and whatever um you know he and the fact that is he got out of prison early too because Uncle Victor wanted to make sure he wasn't near Cyrus or not you know his uncle Cyrus <laughs> so that's gonna be another one like I'm ready and I, and I brought this up I was in the chat room during one of uh, the tenth floor's um, recent podcasts because they do live video I'm not there yet but they, they do live video and I brought it up there's gonna be a triple threat match like I could see do you remember back at oh gosh um, WrestleMania 23, was it? Um, it was Triple H, Chris Benoit, and Shawn Michaels in a triple threat, right? Or, no, I might, hold on, I gotta look at the, no, because WrestleMania 23 was Jason, was, um, John Cena and, um, John Cena and Shawn Michaels, and I think maybe 20, hold on, I gotta look at my WrestleMania main events, uh, and I know, see, I always, I always, um, I, I always do, um, relate General Hospital Wrestling, right, um, we're gonna go, hold, do, 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 here we go, 20, WrestleMania 20 was Triple H, Benoit, Michaels. And then um, there was also the one with... Um, there was also the one, I believe it was maybe 22, was um, Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, and... Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But either way, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Chris Benoit at WrestleMania 20... And that's going to be, that would be comparable to a triple threat with Uncle Victor, Uncle Cyrus, and Uncle Sonny. Spencer in the middle. He's going to be the special guest referee, right? <laughs> um, and, and it's amazing because they're all very, very powerful. And you have Uncle Victor who has world domination at his beck and call, right? Especially with the Ice Princess. Then you've got Uncle Sonny, who is the mob boss of Port Charles. He, he runs the piers. He runs the territory. Um, and then Uncle Cyrus, who himself is a former mob boss and supposedly rehabbed and, and supposedly has found Jesus now, but he's still got that shady side to him. So don't let him fool you. But that's going to be a feud to go. If Cyrus ever does get out of prison, that's going to be one to watch. Would we see Cyrus and Sonny joining forces in order to take down Victor? Like, I, I don't know. That's, that that would be fantastic to see. <laughs> Here I am booking the territory, right? Um, let's see. Go. Let's see. There was also, um, you know, Spencer getting out of early. You know, you had Uncle Victor talking to Rory saying, hey, you know, um, better get to work. <laughs> So, was Uncle Victor in on the hook killer and, and, and Rory was going to be the next one to make it easier for Spencer to get in there and slide in there? I don't know. Um, let's see. I believe that was about it. Now, I, I got to tell you, and I, and I said I brought it up last week. Willow was really getting on my nerves. 
Um, she really is. The fact that she doesn't want to tell anybody about her leukemia, like, she's at stage four right now. So, she's going to die. <laughs> Better, you know, sooner or later. She's going to die. And, uh, I'm just really getting tired of, of Mike, even Michael at this point. Like, we gotta get a, you know, a bone marrow drive going. We gotta tell people that you have this so we can get you better. It's like, no, not until after the baby's born. But by then it's going to be too late. I don't want people to treat me like I'm sick. Well, you are sick. You know what I mean? Come on now. People are going to treat you differently if they love you. <laughs> but, you know, it just, it boggles my mind how selfish she's acting right now. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's it just, it, it's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that she's being so selfish. Especially as a parent, right? Like, you have to be there for your kids. You should have started your chemo as early as possible, right? Like, and I know you're pregnant. I get it. But you got to do what you got to do for your health at, at one point or another. Like, you waited until after the first trimester where it was uh, a lot easier to get your treatment without it affecting the baby. I get that. So now that, that that's over, now you should be like, hey, you know, I've had leukemia and, and, and so on and so forth. <sighs> Just amazing. Um, my scene of the week, though, I got to say, my scene of the week has to go to Nina and Joss, especially Joss, when she was so realizing that she's not so much like Nina after all. Because Nina, even though she doesn't regret falling in love with Sonny, she regrets how it happened. Joss is doing the same, pretty much the same thing to Cameron, right? And she's like, I'm nothing like you. And there was no dial, you know, Nina didn't say anything like that. So she's, you know, she's answering things that aren't, aren't even there, right? Because she's trying to convince herself that she's a better person. So that was actually a fantastic scene. That's my scene of the week this week was uh, the one between Joss and Nina. Um... Today being January, uh, December 19th, um, there was actually no General Hospital on today. It was preempted. There was actually no soap operas on at all today because they had this ridiculous January 6th commission. Um, they're still on that witch hunt, right? It's been over two, almost two years since the... I'm not going to get into it. I promised, I promised that this wasn't going to be a political show. Um, I'll leave it. Okay. Now, moving on to WWE, and here's where I put out a tweet earlier this week. First of all, breaking news, it's been all over the place, so it's not really breaking. Mandy Rose has been released from WWE as of this past Wednesday, and it's caused an uproar in the wrestling community. Tuesday night, she lost her NXT Women's Championship to... Um, uh, uh, Roxanne Perez, Roxy from um, Re um, Reality of Wrestling, right? Booker T's student. So he was all emotional, and it was great. I mean, she was she's the one that Mandy Rose had to put over, right? Pass the torch. Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction were headed to the main roster, or so we thought. Wednesday comes along. Mandy Rose is released from the WWE. Like it. My jaw dropped. Probably the collective jaws of almost every single wrestling fan in this world dropped. Now, here's the backstory, and here's 
Here's why. What the reason for Mandy Rose being fired from WWE. Okay. Um, she had her her personal page, right? Mandy um, Mandy Rose Sacks.com, S-A-C-S, right? Um, her real name is Amanda Rose Sacamanto or Sacamanto or something. It's an Italian name. Of course, uh, being Italian, it's, it's from the Northeast, she's Italian. Um, but, so she had her page and it was actually through fan time, right? It, which is another similar to OnlyFans, right? And, and there are other superstars or wrestlers who have their own third party. And there was a big thing a couple of years ago about the third party, um, third party sites like Twitch or OnlyFans, right? And there are some women, you know, I think Scarlett has an OnlyFans, but it's mainly for like cosplay. It's not for porn or, or nudity or anything, right? Um, Mandy Rose, however, on her fan time page, on her actual page, she had posted the same kind of pictures that, like on her Twitter, that would be WWE sanctioned. You know, with a bikini, the one back in uh, the summer with her two belts kind of hiding her, uh, her you know, uh, good bits, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, on the lounge chair in front of the pool. And, you know, so, I mean, everything was fine until this past, until last weekend. Um, it had come out, apparently, that last weekend, some of her pictures behind the paywall, um, I guess, you know, she, she charged, you know, $30 a month for the subscription just to go look at the site and interact. Um, but then she sent out pictures that were behind a paywall. So on top of the subscription, you also had to pay to see these pictures and videos. Apparently, some of these were a little too obscene uh, for the for for the company, and apparently they had gotten leaked out. So somebody who actually bought the pictures and videos leaked them out, sent them to Matt Bloom, who is the head trainer at NXT, who then in turn went to Shawn Michaels with it and said, "Hey, we've got this girl," and and apparently the pictures were. Um, you know, a lot more risque. They were there was uh, nippleage being shown and other stuff, and then her in whether it's regular uh, sex pictures or, or simulated pictures with her fiance, and you know, didn't leave a lot to the uh, it didn't leave a lot to the imagination. Um, so apparently, she was let go because now, as everybody knows, WWE, besides it being a publicly traded company. And it, you know, being a family-friendly PG-rated company, um, you know, a, they have contracts with other companies for vendors, right? Merchandise, licensing fees, right? So, you know, action figures, Mattel. Apparently, the the kicker was Mattel saw, you know, saw what ha was going on and said, hey, we can't have this because we're a toy line. We put out toys for kids. You have a performer who's sending out n nude pictures and sexual pictures and, and videos, and it's a breach of their contract. Now, what's, what's really ironic is that, obviously, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, the Attitude Era, even up to the, some of the reality-based era, 
WWE had women pose for Playboy, their top babyface female at the time. Stable did it. Uh, China did it. Um, you know, Tori Wilson did it a couple of times. Um, you know, Maria did it. Candice Michelle's. You know, um, and everyone's like, oh well, well they had women. That was WWE sanctioned, and that also wasn't hardcore, and it was a different time. Um, they also didn't have the, you know, they weren't publicly traded, or, or it was towards the beginning when they were publicly traded too, but, um, you know, they weren't a PG family rated show, right? They didn't have the kid sponsors. Um, and then somebody brought up, um, Charlotte being, in, Charlotte and Ronda Rousey both being in the body issue of ESPN magazine, which is, you know, does show nudity, but it's covered, Right. So you couldn't see nipples. You couldn't see uh, between the legs. You, you know what I mean? You couldn't see the bits and pieces of the female. Because it was all artfully and tastefully done. And it was WWE approved and sanctioned. These were not. Um, so apparently, Mandy Rose was asked to pull down the pictures and stop doing it. And from what, from what I've heard and from what I've read... She said no. She's making more money doing that than in NXT. So they let her go. WWE's hands were tied. And that's that's uh, from what we've heard from the, the statements that Mandy made and also WWE made. Their hands were tied. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks being released for um, stuff like that. Like, and, and everybody's like, oh, well, they're independent contractors. But see... Here's here here's where that kind of gets a little dicey. Yes, they're independent contractors. Yes, they're allowing the the people to have other income streams like Twitch and stuff. But here's the deal when it comes to certain contracts. There are what it's called a morality clause. And ironically, perfect timing, Kevin Nash on his Click This podcast this week had a discussion with his co-host, John Oliver, about morality contracts in, you know, morality clauses in contracts, whether it's sports or whatever, right? Um, and perfect timing. So, I don't know what the standard WWE contract states. And maybe it's not even in the WWE contract saying that you can't put out you know, nude pictures or whatever. And, and, you know, it's like, it's not like she released them to the world, right? It, it, it's, she put them behind a paywall, so people had to pay to see them. It's not like she used Mandy Rose, the name itself, because, I mean, her name is Amanda Rose, so, I mean, technically speaking, you can't trademark somebody's name. John Cena is trademarked, but it's used with permission, right? Um, <clears throat> same thing with other people's real names. Um, Amanda Rose is her real name. So technically, I guess she can, because she was going under Mandy Sachs or Mandy Rose Sachs. Um, but see, when the sponsors or partners come in and say, hey, you know what? You've got this female competitor, this female talent putting this out. Like, and, and and the fact is that now that it's out there to the public, any Google search will that you put in with the right terms, and you could find them. 
And now granted, web searches and, uh, you know, search engines do have the filters and the safe search function. Parents should be doing that for children under a certain age. However, there are sometimes ways around it. There's If your child is well enough versed in, you know, uh, in computers and tablets and smartphones and they know how to get around certain filters and they could see him. That was that's the same reason why neither Sean Waltman nor China will go into the Hall of Fame solo, even though they both deserve it. They're both in as DX. Sean Waltman is also in as the NWO, um, as Xbox and, and Six, respectively, but he'll never go in as one, two, three kid. He'll never go in as himself. China, the same thing. She'll never go in solo, even though they both deserve it. Because Triple H said this. Um, on the Steve Austin podcast, and that if somebody goes up and they Google China, what's going to come up? Her porn videos? Because she did go full into adult entertainment. You know, she did end up getting her life back on track and everything, and I get that, but then she ended up overdosing. So that, you know, very sad and, and everything, but she'll never go into the Hall of Fame solo. She deserves it, but it'll never happen. And that's why. So... When, now, people also brought up, well, you know, what about when Paige had, you know, Paige and Xavier Woods and Brad Maddox had that threesome video leaked out, first of all, and when Charlotte Flair had her intimate pictures leaked, and Seth Rollins had his intimate pictures leaked, the, the difference being is that those were not meant for the public. Those were because somebody hacked into their phone or iCloud or whatever and release those pictures. They were never meant to see the light of day. That's where the difference is. Mandy Rose was specifically selling these pictures so they were going to whoever bought them. That's where the, the, the difference comes in. Now, again, I personally don't have a problem with it, but you got to look at it from a business standpoint. Now, the other quite, the other thing I did bring up during my tweet was um, when other people had been fired or let go for ridiculous reasons. Going back last year, General Hospital released Steve Burton and Ingo Rademacher because they refused to get the COVID vaccine. Now, Disney had the COVID, the, the vaccine mandate, right? But they refused. And Steve Burton even said, I exhausted all my um, applications for ex exemptions, whether it's religious, whether it's whatever, whatever. And they were all denied because everybody was in such a COVID panic, right? Um, so they had to let him go. Again, being fired for a ridiculous reason. Ingo, on the other hand, also with the vaccine mandate was let go. But he also kind of went on a rant. Um, which honestly, to be completely honest with you, I played it on my previous incarnation of, of a show. Um, of, you know, of, of a show which might still be in the archives if you look at it. Um, but he actually made a lot of sense, and he had talked about how the left is pushing an agenda, and it was political-based, right? Um, and I'm not getting political on the show. Rewind. Um, but he actually got into a little bit more hot water than just not getting the vaccine. He went off on the people on the left, specifically Nancy Lee Gron, who is a huge leftist liberal. You know, she has me blocked on Twitter. <laughs> um... Because I called her out on some stuff. But she's, you know, she's a huge leftist liberal. 
and she he had put out some despair not even disparaging words but unfriendly words about certain situations so there's a little bit more that went into his release than just the covid vaccine but the covid vaccine is what what uh pro provoked it right um but amazingly it still happens where people get fired you know all the time lose their jobs release from their contracts um because of um because of stupid things right um and it's just amazing to me how that is still still the case um now i do think um sorry i just had to make sure my microphone was still working um I personally don't have a problem with anything here. I, I do have a problem releasing people for ridiculous reasons. Now, I don't know the specifics surrounding um, Marcus Coloma's release, right? So I'm not going to speculate on that unless we hear until we hear, you know, why he was released. Okay, um, we know it wasn't COVID, right? We know it wasn't that he was putting out <laughs> lewd pictures, um, but I, I don't. You got to look at it from two ways, and I and I understand the outrage, and everybody's saying rehire Mandy, and I guess the door is open for Mandy to go back, because when she apparently when she said no, I, I make more money doing this, I want to go in this direction now, they parted on decent terms. WWE's hands were tied. They have a board of directors, they have sponsors, they have, um, you know, other vendors as partners that they have to please, for lack of a better term. It's not like it used to be. It's not like when Vince owned the company on his own um and they can he can put down whatever edict he wants right if he wants mandy rose to pose for playboy he could easily gotten the contract together and that would have been fine but she did it on her own and a lot of people oh well wwe is not fair it's because they weren't getting any money from it i i think that's a, a part of it but at the same time um the Mattel toy contract is the one that was the prevailing factor. And again, WWE's hands were tied. Um, I, you know, I would love to get an interview with somebody there, but I, I, I could just go by the stories. Um, so that was the, the biggest thing came out. You know, I've all, now I've heard that they're moving on. I've heard it through the gorilla vine that, um, Chelsea green, maybe making her way back to the WWE, and taking that lead road of lead role, leader role of toxic attraction. And I put this out there: if she does, if that's what happens, and Chelsea Green comes back and she becomes the leader of toxic attraction, she has to cut a promo, a scathing promo against Mandy Rose, the same way that Triple H did it the day after WrestleMania 14, after he took over DX from Shawn Michaels because Shawn was out with an injury. She needs to go in there and bury Mandy Rose. That's the only way that she's going to be accepted. That's the only way it's going to get over. Because even though it can't be the same way that Triple H and Shawn Michaels couldn't get back to Triple H for burying him, quote-unquote, um, after WrestleMania 14, is the same way that Mandy Rose will be able to get back at Chelsea Green. Maybe down the road a year or two from now, maybe things get out and... She's not making enough money because she's not on TV all the time. But it begs the question, will Mandy Rose go to AEW? You know, they clearly don't care what their people do, what their talent does. I mean, I think Tony Storm still has her OnlyFans page. You know, um, 
I think that uh, Thunder Rosa has her her pictures and her, her stuff. I don't think I don't know if they're nudes. I don't know you know how explicit it gets, but they don't care what their um, they they honestly don't care what their talent does. I mean, they've kind of pulled the strings back on John Moxley, where he has to get everything approved so he won't be on you know um, GCW going forward. But again, it, it's just a matter of trying to get that all taken care of. Trying to get, um, trying to see what'll happen. Will she go to Impact? Will she go to New Japan? I, I doubt it. Uh, speaking of New Japan, um, Sasha Banks. Well, Mercedes Varnado. Her release supposedly was um, negotiated months ago in the summer when Raj Geary reported, it and everybody, ah, yeah, that. They're still working to try to get back. Well, apparently, A, she's going to be at Wrestle Kingdom on uh, January 4th, 4th in the Tokyo Dome. Um, whether it's competing or, or, or just showing up, I don't, we don't know. And as far as, we're, we can, as far as we can tell, her no-compete ends in December. So in January, she's a full free agent. Will she come out as Mercedes Varnado? Will she come out as like a different nickname, like the legit boss or... Or the ball. You know what I mean? Like, something where... Um, I don't know. But all I have to say is... Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. Good riddance to Sasha Banks. We The WWE does... Especially now in the Triple H era... The WWE does not need that kind of a toxic ego... In, uh, in, in the locker room. Now, I feel bad for Naomi. I don't know what's going on with Naomi. She's been seen, um, you know, with different functions, out with different functions. There's one uh, last week in an NBA game with uh, Jade Cargill, who's the TNT champion um, in AEW. So, I don't know. But I do think that Sasha Banks screwed over Naomi. Um, you know, and, and like I said, I don't like how that happened. They were the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Granted, they didn't like the stories. They didn't like the direction it was going. They didn't want to fight each other in a tournament, you know, to get a number one contender match because they're the tag team champions. I get that. But here's the deal. If you don't like the storyline, great. You don't like the angle. You don't like a match. Great. You have that right. You have that, that privilege to think outside the box. But if you go to creative and you say, hey, I don't like this, you better have another possibly better scenario in your back pocket to say, hey, why don't we do it this way? Or why can't we do this? That way, the w, that, that way it kind of shows that, hey, you know, they didn't really like it, but here's a better way that might go off, that might make more logical sense in the grand scheme of things. Again, this has been, this was, you know, the second or third time that Sasha Banks did that, was upset with creative and walked home, walked out, right? Um, I heard that, you know, and she's, she said it wasn't true, but the rumor going around was that, you know, after a pay-per-view loss, or uh, she was, like, in the uh, in the locker room crying on the floor or something. Like, you don't do that in the real world, right? You don't do that. Like, if you have a problem, you better have a different way of doing it. Um, in your mind, might be better. And, and, yeah, again, it may get shot down. Because if, if Vince, at the time... Has something in his mind of how it's going to go. 95% of the time, he's going to do it how he wants it. He signs a paycheck. He's headed creative. And, you know, but 
he's also open-minded to the point where maybe this will work better. Again, I don't know. I don't know how it went down. I'm just going by what I've heard. Um, so, anyways, coming up, we got the Royal Rumble. Um, coming up on uh, in January again, a premium live event on a Saturday. It's going to be awesome. Who's going to be in the Rumble? Um, I've heard rumors that The Rock might be in the Rumble. Will Cody Rhodes come back and win the Rumble? I've heard they're thinking about having Reigns work both nights of Mania. Where, you know, you get one person for the WWE Championship, one person for the Universal. Um, will it will Reigns be able to, to outlast, you know, one, two possible losses? Um, I mean, you could do one, do one loss and keep him the champion of the other, right? But... I don't know how that's going to go for it. I've also heard that at some point soon, Sami Zayn is going to turn on the Usos. And that uh, Kevin Owens is going to help facilitate that. And then it's going to be Owens and Zayn versus the Usos um, for the tag titles of WrestleMania. It would be a great match. It really would be. I would love that. Um, speaking of Owens and Zayn, on December 30th episode of Friday Night SmackDown, next Friday, Kevin Owens... Teams with John Cena, Mr. Hustle Loyalty Respect himself, to go against Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Now, I've heard Brad Gilmore on, on the Booker T's Hall of Fame podcast saying, well, what if Cena turns heel? People have been clamoring for a Cena heel turn. Yeah, but he's not... Um, Cena is not a full-time performer anymore. What would be the point... Of, of that happening, right? What would be the point of having Cena um, go ahead and, and get, you know, turn heel? There would be no point because of the simple fact that he's not there to pay it off, right? So, I don't know. I don't know anyways. But anyways, we've been at this for an hour, uh, over an hour now. I want to thank you all for listening. Um, keep you know, keep tuned, stay tuned for collaborations, for interviews coming up. Again, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter, at SWE. You can follow um, the show on Twitter, at SudsSQCirclePod. Uh, follow on, on TikTok, at Suds underscore squared underscore circle. Uh, follow on Instagram, at Suds and squared circle. Email me, Vinny, V-I-N-N-I-E, at Suds and squared circle dot com. Our website is www.sudsandsquaredcircle.com. As well, buy our merchandise, sudssquarecircle.threadless.com. I'm also on Buy Me Coffee. Try to help promote the show. Listen to our uh, listen to the great General Hospital shows, uh, podcasts, and wrestling podcasts out there. Uh, anything from James Law Jr., like the General Hospital Mini Spotlight, GH Dirty Deeds when it comes out, uh, the ladies from Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Tenth uh, Floor uh, General uh, General Hospital podcast, as well as Ring the Bell Radio, a wrestling fan podcast. So I want to thank you all for listening again. My name is Vinny Absala. Tune in next week to Suds in the Square Circle. Have a great day, everybody.